punks, go on my pub! Hello, and welcome to episode 11 of Punks in Pubs. My name is Liam Bird, and thank you for taking the time to pluck out this podcast from the podcast Abyss. Oh, I'm hungover today, so I'm not really, I'm really not in the position to be able to do a good intro, so I apologise for this in advance. But you've already downloaded it, so you might as well keep fucking listening. So what have you actually downloaded or streamed this time? Well, episode 11 is me at the Draft House Bar in Tower Bridge, London, enjoying a drink, a non-alcoholic one in her case, with Brody, her French bulldog, and editor-in-chief of the British punk webzine, Punktastic, Penny Bennett. Punktastic has been a platform for underground music for over 15 years, and a website that has played a massive part in my life as a punk, and for my punk news. So when I got the opportunity to talk to Penny via a mutual friend, thank you Charlotte, uh, we just went with it. Penny came all the way in from Southend and we sat down and had a chat. This interview took place in the deepest, darkest January of 2018 when the nights were long and the days were cold. We talk about all things punktastic and where it sees itself in five years. Penny also explains how you, the listener, can join the gang over at Punktastic Towers and how you can also submit your music for review. Being from Essex, uh, we discuss Essex girl jokes and the pitfalls of living in a town that's so close to London when bands don't really come because they just presume you can just travel into London, really. Uh, Once again, I wax lyrical about my love for Meatloaf, and we discuss why Green Day is such a gateway band for people exploring punk rock. Uh, We also talk about the state of punk rock in the UK at this point in time, as well as discuss um, sexual abuse and our responsibility to speak out. We lighten the mood with Tattoo Regrets and Penny Ed's a podcast with an amazing Corey Feldman story. All podcasts, I believe, should finish with a Corey Feldman story from that one. As always, stick around to the end of the podcast as boys from Chicago called Stella West close out the show. Until then, kick back, chill the fuck out, and nurse your massive hangover with me and Penny. This is episode 11 of Punks in Pups. See you in a bit. Uh, you, you, I don't want to do it. You, you do it. You're going to sing this better than me. You know? No. The L. No, you're, you're the L. Okay, good. All right. You know. Yeah. No, no. Well, like, when you fucking get really... I went like that. I, I, I enjoy a shitty McDonald's, like a quarter pounder. Like, uh, I did three days at Slam Dunk this year. Best three McDonald's I think I've ever had in my life. I don't know how that happened three days in a row. I'm trying to think, because the one I, the only one I've been to is one in Hatfield. Yep. Uh, and that's down there at Galleria. Mm. Let's not advertise uh, <laughs> McDonald's. Um, so I am with um, Penny Bennett. Is that how you Bennett? Yep. Yep, great. That's I'm dyslexic, it. so sometimes oh. I, I... So like the first podcast i ever did was with uh pathetic and i could not get his last name i was trying to like understand how to say it so i was like i, I pre-warned him saying i was dyslexic and i called him i ended up coming like pat um Fiatric, and he was no he's like no it's, it's pathetic like pathetic yeah. like pathetic, so. Yeah, I always like to make sure. No, it's not like Bennett or Benet or anything fancy. You don't want to fancy it up. No, maybe I should make it more fancy. Well, I mean, Bennett is Northern. Is it Northern? Bennett? I think it's just a Gordon like, Bennett is yeah. how I know. My mum, like, convinced everyone she was going to call me that before I was born. Just Gordon to, Bennett. Just to wind them up. And nobody, like, everyone was too polite to go, I can't do that. You still have the chance. If you ever want to do it, you still have the chance. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. Pleasure. Um, so, for people who don't know... Um, you are the editor in chief mm-hmm. and a photographer for the punk website Punktastic. That's me. So, how long have you been there? Oh, I've been at Punktastic. I think about six years. Started off as a photographer, worked my way up to live reviews editor, which I did for well, I still do it now, but I think like three years in, 
did that. We had our fabulous, our last editor, Glenn, who we missed very much. Had to leave. Has he died? <laughs> no, he just, he left us. He had to leave, you know, life life gets in the way of things and he works very hard at his, his real job. So, uh, yeah, I took over in July. And how's it been so far? It's good. It's a lot. It's a, it's a lot. Actually, I learned it's a lot of forwarding emails to the correct department. Yeah. <laughs> so is it a full-time job then? Well, it's because it's not a paying job. So okay, it's, yeah. It's not my full-time job, but it's most of my spare time. Yeah. Depending, and depending on with the photography, how much of that I do as well. But luckily in my day job, I'm uh, allowed to answer the odd email here and there and get some stuff done so that's very nice that's a bonus and um, so people who might not know what Puntastic is can you explain kind of where it started and, and how it's evolved and oh gosh history I'm going to get in trouble for my history now it is um, a guy called oh, I'm going to get this wrong and I'm going to get in so much trouble I think his name was Paul started it a man called Paul <laughs> a man called Paul I I'm a terrible I could honestly not tell you how it started um, I've been been with Punktastic through three editors now. We had Tom Alot, who uh, some of you might know from some of his music, and then we had. Uh, what band is Tom? In? He's just under Tom he, Alot, okay, as far yep. as I know. Yep. And then we had the lovely Ben Tipple, who's now at Ticketmaster. Everyone goes off into bigger and better things, which is nice. We want to try and uh, you know get people started, you know, get a bit of a foot in the door for writers, photographers, people that not like you said, not necessarily a full time job but just wanna that like writing, like going to shows. You know, we have some people that go to shows all the time, people do the odd bit. We just wanna just wanna get good music out there. So what so what is the remit of Punktastic? I mean, do you have like an ethos of how you wanna be seen? Or is it just people who are just passionate and wanna write about the, the yeah, punk. We like I mean it's not been easy in the current climate of the scene with uh, with bands but you know we've had a lot of conversations about ethics and bands but we you know we're trying to you know we're we're DIY we all do it because we love doing it we do it because we're passionate about it we don't have a lot of adverts mm. on Punktastic yeah. which is a big part of our we don't want advertising everywhere we don't want to we just want it to be is that because you don't want to be seen as selling out or is it because like do you have a limit whereabouts you want to be like, like, is Punktastic at, where, at the level it wants to be right now because if you did go start doing advertisements you probably could build your brand mm. Um, and is, is that because you just don't want to? I mean, <laughs> in an ideal world, somebody would pay all of us and we'd have a nice office with a dog in it <laughs> and we could do this all the time and we could talk about music all the time and do everything we wanted to do, but we'd rather, you know, I don't know if it's, we don't want to be seen as selling out, but that's not, we're not doing it for the money. It would be nice. Yeah. But... It's, it's, it is it is really a passion project, you know, people doing it. I've got two day jobs that I do it around. Oh, well, okay, yeah. Lots of other people do it in between like, university and, you know, and jobs, and it's just they have something to say or photos that they want to take, and they just... We've started... Well, not started. We've done um, our POV section. It's quite nice. Everyone, Everyone's involved. You, you hear a piece of music... And you like it, you suddenly discover a band, even if they're 10 years old. Yeah. And you're like, I found this band, I love them. I want to just write a paragraph and go, if you haven't heard this band, I've just heard this band, listen to it. That's a, that's a big thing we want to do new music and just, if we like it, we like it. I think what would be nice for the listeners is to kind of get a better understanding of you as a person, because that's kind of what I would like to do with my podcast, is get to know the people I'm talking to and then. I like it to be kind of like, like a chat. <laughs> so where where were you raised? Where, where are you from? I'm from South End South in Essex, End, yeah? yeah. How old were you when you first heard like your first punk album? Because I know Essex actually have kind of a strong ideology yeah. with punk. We used to have a fantastic scene. Yeah. And um, a friend of mine is trying to, trying to bring it back a little bit. We get some good... 
when bands do tours with intimate shows, they usually put Southend on the map. I think uh, Barry Tomorrow did one. We've had Gallows, we've had Cancer Bats, we've had... So when it's good, it's really good. But uh, we're so close to London. I think when I was younger, we had a big scene and then everyone, everyone's like, oh, I'm old enough to go to London now and it all kind of drifted away. But yeah. I think, I think that is an issue for surrounding areas like Bedfordshire, Hertfordshire some of the um, Sussex and areas like that London just swallows up yeah. the, the music scene and if you do want to go watch a band you have to hop on the train and then and that's the effort of, um, of living in these areas um, so what's your favourite Essex girls joke? oh my favourite one is there such a thing? I think I only know I think I only know two which is uh, how does an Essex girl turn on a light? She opens the car door. And what's the the first thing an Essex girl does in the morning? Goes home. Do you mind Essex jokes? Because they are kind of... There was a period, I think like two years ago, that something kicked off about someone did an Essex girls joke and it made like major headlines. I can't remember what it was, but some people got like really pissed off about it. I mean, I like to think that we're past it. Yeah. But then we have Towie. And then, <laughs> like, I've, it's like punching yourself in the face. Yeah, yeah. like uh, some of my American friends, I say to them more, I'm from near London. And I'm like, oh, you know how you have um, Jersey Shore? I'm like, we have one of those too. And it doesn't really explain anything. But yeah, yeah so you, I, I don't mind it. But then I don't think I've ever worn a pair of white stilettos in my life. Still time. So, Still time. So you grew up in Essex. How how was like growing up in Essex? Like, were you surrounded by people who liked the same kind of music that you liked? And at what age was it that you actually started finding punk music? Well, I remember at, like high school being like fourteen. Uh, you know, I'm the, the age I am. I'm a bit of a boy band person. How old are you now? And how old are you? I'm almost thirty three. Okay, yeah. So my mum took me to see the Backstreet Boys when hey. I was like twelve. So there's a little bit of love there. I remember being 14 and a friend of mine going, listen to this. And it was Dookie by Green Day. And I was like, oh, there is other stuff that's not on the telly and on the radio. And and I can like all of it. Yeah. So I think that was... And then my parents are pretty awesome. I've been going to and from London on my own since I was 16, which some of my friends still can't get over that I do it now yeah my, my mum friends like, how can you go to London on your own that big scary London yeah, yeah, yeah. it was it was a good community actually um, my friends band shout out to Cisco in the Aquarium actually reunited on Friday and played played a, a show and I saw some people I haven't seen for 10 years and a bunch of bands that we used to be like it's Friday we'll go down to Chinneries someone in a band that we know will be on and everyone would be there is that place still open yeah that's where uh, very tomorrow played. that's if we get shows that's that's where it is yeah what was the first song that you heard then the, you said the album dookie but was it was it um uh oh what's that song was it scandalous i can't remember um, was it basket case basket case yeah yeah i don't know but i feel like my favorite song on that album is she which probably says more about teen angsty me yep than anything else so that's the one that that resonated at the time she, she screams in silence particular is like a gateway for so many people i know a lot of people that talk about how they got into punk music it's always dookie 
Green Day's Dookie. And then I find that the new generation of younger people, it was like American um, idiot. Mm. So why do you think Green Day's got that? Because they get a lot of shit in the punk community. But they've always been a gateway for people to get into more... I don't want to use the real real punk because I think that's a bullshit word because I, punk is whatever you want it to be but yeah why, why do you think that album for you what was it that album that made you go holy shit like this is fucking amazing I feel like it was probably I don't want to say poppy but not not too far removed from the boy bandy stuff sorry Green Day that I was listening to and you can you can hear, you know, you can hear the words. You know what they're singing about. You can connect to them, and it's just angry enough before you're old enough to realise how angry you can actually be. Yeah. So yeah. what? So what was your gateway then? What, what was the what was the next album you got after Dookie? I feel like I'm so unprepared for this. <laughs> I, I honestly don't know. I'm a bit. Was that like a floodgate? Was you like, okay, this is it now? I, I love this genre. Or was so. it still like, um, I'm dipping my toe? Like, I, I like Green Day, but I also kind of like Savage Garden. Well, then, I don't know, but it was, there was Nirvana, yeah. obviously, find that. My dad was a big thing, uh, the music that we listened to. We are a big uh, Meatloaf household. You know what? Fucking love Meatloaf. Man, there's... First album I ever got and first live person I ever saw was Meatloaf. Yes. And that I... was the first album I got. The first album I ever bought was Alice Cooper. Okay. So... I'm, ju- I'm very much, if I like it, I like it. That's the way you should so, be about everything. Yeah, like, I love country music. Yep. At certain point, so, I don't... It obviously opened the gateway to more music, but I don't remember being like, oh, this is everything now. Yeah. This is all I want to listen to. So, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to backtrack to Meatloaf, because I just fucking love it. I'm about to name drop, but I, I, um, I did a podcast with Frank, uh, Frank Turner, mm-hmm. and he told me something that I didn't know, and now I've listened to it, it's so obvious that the E Street Band mm. are the backing trap band for Bat Out of Hell. What? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Listen to it now. Like, it's so obvious. It is so, so obvious. But, yeah, I never knew that. I never knew that. And, I, yeah, so that's like a fact that I'm now just throwing around like it's my own. But, uh, but yeah, you listen back to the album, it's just blindly obvious that it is Bruce's back and in you band. need to see the musical I watched it it's so good loved it everyone go and see it like I don't care if you don't even like Meatloaf it's just it's phenomenal it, the I way, don't know how anyone could not like Meatloaf the way I summed it up was it was a uh, 120 minute um, 80s music video but with very shit writing but amazing yeah, there was no story to yeah, there was no story <laughs> but like the music and just the theatrical thing of it and when um, he comes off his bike and it breaks yeah, up and it's it's amazing. It's amazing. You're not allowed to get up and dance though, because a bunch of people tried that and they got shut down. Which oh really? Very sad. Oh, okay. So. Don't dance to it. I think it's. I think it's stopped now. Is it touring? It's coming back. Is it? Good. Do it. Do it. Everyone, go and do it. <laughs> Frank Turner said so. Yeah, Frank, Frank hasn't actually gone and watched it, so he needs to go watch it. So uh, yeah, if Frank Turner said so, make it your own mind. Um, <laughs> so you said like so Green Day your entry, and then what was your first live punk show? that you went to and can you remember how you felt like were you nervous because I remember my first one I was shitting myself see I didn't get into more kind of punky stuff for a while mm. who did I go and see it was a, there was a lot of this girl and Hell is for Heroes and early Biffy yeah and did you jump on the A train yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think who that, else they didn't talk now I think. oh really <laughs> I think it's Hell is for Heroes and A oh wow together um, and then it was kind of Incubus and Hooverstank and Phoenix TX. I love Real Big Fish. Yep. That was so. It took a while for me to get into more metal, hardcore stuff. I don't. I used to go. It's not enough of these. I used to go to Club Subverse. Never heard of it. Which was by the Ladbroke Grove Skate Park, and it was an all-ages show. The first or the last Sunday of every month and Vacant Stare and This Girl and Hiding With Girls and that awful band that did that song I Wish I Was A Girl whose name I can't remember oh, uh, what um, are they called? Nerf Herder? Is no but I saw Nerf Herder okay. and they we only wanted them to do the Buffy song we weren't fussed about anything else but you could go to a show and pay less than a tenner and see a bunch of bands that you'd never heard before 
and hang out from like two till five on Sunday. Yeah. And there was a first time. First time I saw Funeral for a Friend was at that, and that was in two thousand and three, two thousand and four. It's not enough of not enough of that. So bring back the Aldeas is, is yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Or just I don't know whether just whether people don't want to go and see bands they've never heard of. Do you think there's an issue actually? Like band, people are now like their politics. They're kind of closing in on what they like, and what they like is just what I like. Well, I read somewhere that by the time you're 25, you've pretty much picked all your music. Okay, yeah. Like, I don't know how true that is, but like, apart from like the odd new band, mm. you've, you've pretty much like this is what I like. This is what I'm gonna go back to, which I found quite scary and kind of kind of interesting. Yeah, I, I wouldn't agree with that if I'm honest. Because no. I feel, I feel. I don't like that idea. No, because I, I do feel your musical taste grows as you grow older. Because obviously, you go for that angst stage of either you want to piss off your parents, <laughs> or you go, you follow the same music that your parents have given to you, or your parents just aren't into music and you end up liking NSYNC, for instance. Yeah. Nothing wrong with liking NSYNC. I like a couple of NSYNC students. <laughs> but like, yeah, you, you go for that progression, and then you grow older, and then you start looking out so say if you like just punk music you will then look into maybe Johnny Cash yeah. and then that will make you start looking into the country scene or for me it was folk music um, I started checking out the folk music and um, sorry I have to, have to say um, Penny has bought her a French bulldog uh, Brody uh, named after Brody doll I believe yeah. and she's adorable <laughs> and she's just staring up at me like how I wished everyone just kind of looked at me just adoringly <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think I think I don't think at the end of twenty seven. I think that's no. crap. Well, my dad used to listen to cool music, and now he listens to Passenger. So I don't know. <laughs> so what, Sorry, Dad. So what was it your dad who kind of pushed you into my music? My mum doesn't listen to music, which I cannot get my head around yeah. at all. Um, but we always had music on in my house. We still always have music on in my house. Um, my dad gave me all his vinyl when I was 18 and he was like, oh, I've only listened to this once and then I recorded it to tape and I was like, I can't play this. Like, I was terrified of ruining them and my mum went, oh, I've got some and they're played to death so you can play them if you want. Like, yeah. If they'd have been my only source of music, I would have played them. <laughs> Is your sister the same? Is she just obsessed with music as well? Or no, not really. I used to, I'm four years older than her, so okay. I used to take her to shows when she was 15 and uh, we had our emo stage, yeah. so dashboard. She has seen, she's 28, she's seen Taking Back Sunday more years than she's been alive, I think. She's, gone, <laughs> so she's done like 28, 29, 30 Taking Back Sunday shows at this point. But they, they're playing Sundown again. They are. So, exactly. And I actually, I heard their new album. Mm. And it's fucking good. Yeah. Like I, gem- I, I, I kind of left Taking Back Sunday when the other singer dropped out. Mm. And I was like, ah, they, they don't sound like Taking Back Sunday anymore, I'm done. But then I, someone forwarded me the, the new album saying, hey, have a listen to this, and I had a listen. And I thought it was, like, phenomenal. It, 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 yeah, I enjoy it. And I think, that's, I think that's an issue for, not just for me, but I think for, any, for a lot of people, is that when an old band do go off the boil a little bit and they come back, I feel that people kind of just automatically think they've, they've gone forever. Like, they've, yeah. they've gone a bit crap, so why would I give them the time of day? Yeah, or you just tend to stick to the 
stuff you know yeah and the stuff you like but then I suppose that's going back to the 27 year old of you already know what you like so why yeah, are you trying that's to do I'm terrible for that I like I like to have songs on in my car that I know the words to so it takes me a while to uh, listen to a new one because I'm like I don't, I don't know this I can't sing in my car so do you remember your first show then sorry we kind of sidetracked you don't remember your first show oh <laughs> the first ever gig I went to yep. to bring it all around was Meatloaf when I was nine because yep. I have the coolest parents and then I saw Bon Jovi when I was 12 okay yeah <laughs> I'm well I'm terribly nostalgic and I keep absolutely everything and I have all my ticket stubs from everything I've ever been to pretty much so I have it written down somewhere but it would have been a, a show at, in Southend would have been probably Scar you know that would have been what yeah. my parents let me go to went to see Green Day and The Offspring with some friends from high school when so I was the Brixton show Green Day was the warning tour so that was oh, probably yeah. Wembley okay. yeah no it would, that would have been it that would have been it it would have been Green Day at Wembley I've got a soft spot for that album, I like that album. warning yeah. I think you're the only one I know it is a I dog shit really album I'm sorry I like that album but I don't know yeah that was the first show and that was the tour yeah but um, no and then yeah and then Offspring Americana yeah obviously. so Quite that was that tour as well I think sometimes it, it does depend when you find find a band as to which is your your album of choice yeah I mean a lot of people I know are Smash fans rather than Americana. Yeah. I met one person that loved Conspiracy of One, but we don't talk anymore. They're the same people who like Warning, so. Oh, uh, no. Um, it's underrated. <laughs> Maybe. By, by no one. Um, probably not. Okay, so how did you start getting into writing? Was it writing first or was it photography? Uh, um, I, I used to write, so my friend and I started a fanzine when I was about 17 yep. called Underachiever. Uh, yeah, and we would go to chinneries and interview bands and people would review things and our we had a couple of CDs that our friends would put songs on. And I see self-released, like a stick-on album or something. Yep, came, a couple of them came with CDs. Nice, so, yeah. Uh, aptly titled Essex Shit. Nice. That were all like handwritten on the front. In uh, shit? Yep. Yep. Yeah, nice. Probably with that S that everyone does, if I could find one somewhere. And... Um, yeah, um, inter- interviewing bands on my uh, mini disc player because I found out if you plug the headphones in, you could record you that way. a recorder, yeah. And it was just just friends of mine would write things. Uh, a friend of mine wrote a review on Taste of Chaos. Got too drunk, could only write half of it. My sister wrote the other half just to help me out. The you used know. Taste of Chaos. Oh, the Taste of Chaos tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got you. Like, so, yeah. However, that was in two thousand and. It was yeah. Again, it was there was a community and and we stopped doing that because I had college and I was hanging out in London a lot, so I wasn't in Southend as much. Um, and then we did a couple of couple of comeback issues and <laughs> and yeah, that was that was the start of it. It was the but I used to write it, take photos, badly Photoshop it all together, print it, fold it, staple it give it away didn't even charge for it so did you read any other zines at the time nope no nope so do you not remember zines like can you remember like going to shows in London and seeing a zine or anything like that not really no no I don't now I don't know where I got the idea from now you've said that just, <laughs> just for, I'll put all my thoughts in a book and give it out oh, to people I think I used to get issues of um, Black Velvet very long time ago okay, yeah. that one but I was probably just 17 and going I can do this you know like you do how did you get into photography then because I I keep everything like I said I was always the one taking pictures when we were on holiday with a disposable camera um, and I guess it started because I needed pictures to go to go with the fanzine and then I went to college and did an AS level in photography and I got a D, so don't worry about it. It's fine. You don't, don't have to. <laughs> You're over it. Yeah. I, yeah. Bought a, I bought a black and white film camera for college, went to Subverse and took photos of Funeral for a Friend and went, oh, I really like this. So this was is that, really good. So was that from the crowd or did you end up getting a press pass? Uh, from the crowd and at one point I just decided to get on the stage. 
yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just go from there. When you were taking photos for your zine, were you using just disposable roll-up yeah. clip um, cameras? I went to see I went to see Incubus in 2002, and Huberstank supported. Yeah. And I went, oh my god, who are, who are these guys? Loved them. Um, went to see them two days later at the garage, and I took a, a compact camera. Compact camera when I went to see Real Big Fish, it was just like I want to remember this. I've got I've got clippings from Kerrang that are older than some people that I know. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just like I just I want this is I love this. I want to remember this. So is that why you got into photography then? Was the fact you just want to capture moments? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you, you can't you can look at a picture and remember how you felt. Remember. You can remember all sorts of random things. You can remember people that you've met and bands that you saw for the first time. I'm not much of a writer anymore. I can only only kind of write the way that I speak, which is not very formal. It's not, <laughs> it doesn't really... And it's usually just... They were, I, I could not tell you what a band sound like at all. I couldn't explain it to you. I could say they sound like this band, but it's usually just me going, they're really good and I had a really nice time. So, but with a picture, it doesn't really mean much to other people. But I feel if you were there, you're like, oh, I remember that show. You can even if you haven't thought about that show in ten years, you can look at that photo and go, oh yeah, I remember. There might be some camera geeks listening to this. So, what camera are you using right now? I have a Canon uh, 5D Mark II, which I love very much. Um, sorry, Nikon people, I can't use a Nikon once you're one or the other is a camera kind of like um, a microphone and an audio recorder so the audio recorder always costs a lot but then it's kind of up to the lens or the microphone which kind of makes it better yeah uh, you'll spend more money on lenses than you do on a camera yeah especially shooting gigs because you have to shoot in the dark normal <laughs> lenses are not not meant to do that yeah so um, I have for camera geeks I have um, a Canon 35mm f1.4 which cost more than the entire camera so did, was it all self-taught apart from that course that you did in your D was the rest of it just self-taught trial and error yep um, just shoot it, shooting at Chinneries in South End and I was there on Friday and I took some more photos and I thought how did I ever learn to do this here the lighting is awful this is what I tell a lot of photographers just shoot whatever you whatever you can local places talk to local bands just do it and do it and do it um, like when I was younger you could go to the Barfly without a photo pass so just buy a ticket take pictures even yeah. if they didn't didn't necessarily get anywhere where are I if I was 17 so I've been a photographer for 16 years nearly um, sometimes you still do a show and go oh that didn't come out how I wanted it to or that was really difficult or it's never easy all the time yeah you just have to go with it so what are your what's your favourite shot you've ever had and what what you're a what terrible sh- person I know and so and what have you taken a picture of and then gone oh fuck I completely messed up and it was like a moment where you really <laughs> wanted it and it's gone now jump shots oh, really? photographers will know that is like especially at first that is the that's the one you want it's like a jump shot and when you nail it it's amazing and then the other times you're like it'll just be off or you've just missed it yeah. that's always a bit of a favourite picture I've ever taken you are horrible oh one off let's be nice oh, I have a picture from the first time I shot Funeral for a Friend so the first gig I ever properly shot of uh, Gareth the bassist that I particularly love we've done lately so what was he doing that made that you made him? He takes up the entire frame and he's just kind of bent over in an upside down L and then the bass is there and he's just angry and shouting. Because and... bands aren't always that interesting. Yeah. To take pictures <laughs> of. <laughs> so when they're doing so, actually one I loved from, I think it was Slam Dunk, was of Cameron kissing Taylor from Beartooth they were playing together on stage and he's just given him a kiss on the cheek and I love that and like you say I got I got that if I'd have missed that moment I'd have been a bit gutted that one anything like that that's just a bit different yeah really. 
what, what's the most common thing that people do wrong when they take a picture? That just made me think of my mum. She's going to hate this. Uh, they're not in focus. <laughs> is that it? It's just people just like... Uh, or just I... Late, actually, lately... I don't know whether it's personal preference or not. There's a lot of negative space in pictures what that do you mean I by see. That? So you'll have your... You know, landscape picture or whatever. Yeah. And then the singer or someone will be kind of in the middle kind of halfway up and then the rest of it around them is kind of empty space okay yeah which is some people's preference or some style I like to personally I like to be I, I crop a lot of my photos crop them in that might be from a few years of having lenses that aren't quite as close as I want mm-hmm. especially at festivals and I was like oh, well I'll crop that in and make it look like I was a bit closer I don't want to say it's about equipment but when like we said when you're shooting in the dark there's only so much you can do with yeah. certain certain types of equipment, but just and not too dark. <laughs> that that's that's my biggest problem when they are too dark. Yeah, I like to be able to see the band that is in the picture. With advancing technology, do you think there's going to be a time where actually you could just do a whole show with just your phone? Because phone photography now, I think, is starting to become kind of an art form, like the way that people can take amazing pictures with their phones. My phone's still dog shit. But I know I've seen some people with some fantastic like uh, megapixel phones and yeah. they get some amazing shots. Is that something that you're aware of? And is it something that you feel that kind of lessens your art? I don't think so. I don't know whether it's just my, my iPhone. I don't think it's quick enough okay. sometimes. So they won't... If, you know, if Frank Perner is standing still playing his guitar, it's a lot easier than taking a picture of anti-flag jumping off a off a cap because yeah. the, if they can make the phone quick enough but cameras will also take you can hold down that button and that will go and go and go and go and I know phones do that too but they I think they if you were taking pictures from the crowd I still don't think you would be close enough and you know you get pushed about in the crowd if you're in a good one yeah. <laughs> so you know the band's moving you're moving I mean, yeah, I've taken some good pictures on my phone, but I'm not sure it would ever replace it. I'd like to think not. from like, the live scene from when you were first going into going now like, do you think it's good at the moment or do you think actually it's lacking something and when I say this I mean like punk hardcore scar yeah that is a good question I know I'm quite good at this mm, yeah <laughs> there's a lot of negativity and things happening in our scene and I'm fairly lucky to have not experienced a lot of it, but I know a lot of people that have. But then that's always been there. I don't know if it's getting any better, but it's obviously people are being held accountable and things. Do you think that's keeping people away then? I don't know. My friend's daughter, I took her to her first gig last year because she turned 14. And I think she must be yeah February I think she's almost 15 her mum would not let her go to London I don't think even at 16 to go to London and go to a show was it to go to London or was it to go to a show I don't think she'd let her do either okay if, yeah. she, if she wanted to go to a show then she would get me to take her yeah and it's expensive yeah it's you know and train tickets from South End cost you cost you 20 quid it's gone up now as well yeah, yeah. so People listening to this and like outside of the UK just thinking, fucking British people talking about the trains all the time. Yeah, I don't know if people are before whether people are going to as many shows just to go to a show because it is more money. Yeah, I'm not going to go and see these people that I've never heard of. Yeah, because what if it's shit? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah. Well, I suppose that's what Spotify and yeah, that exactly. now does. It yeah, gives you an opportunity to listen. Yeah, there's more ways to find new music now, which is good. That's, shows are pretty much where I used to get all my new music from. Yeah. But mine used to be like uh, Fat Records or um, Put in the Boot by um, yeah. uh, Hellcat at the time. Yeah. Um, so we kind of touched on it, and it was a question I did have written down about women in the industry. In a, you work in a very male-dominated industry, and as you said, there has been media stories about sexual abuse or sexual inappropriate conduct and you said that you've never experienced that yourself you're kind of shaking your head not, not never okay. but just not to the degree like I haven't haven't worked with a lot of PR or bands in person yeah. as much as a lot of I know a lot of great PR people but we mostly email so I don't know whether that's um, not living in London. Has Brody just fired? Yep. (laughs) You know, like, not living in London. I'm not staying around for after shows and and things like that because I've got to get a train. So I don't know whether it's because, you know, there's been sexual harassment and gigs in crowds and things like that. But... so is that something you've never experienced yourself, or it is something you've like? You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, but just nothing, you know. Because something I retweeted um, yesterday was uh, there was a young lady who was at uh, like a, I think it's like Love Box Festival. There was a guy who was taking pictures of young girls under their skirts, and the what? there's porn on the internet, dude. Like it's free. But it's something that I felt wasn't getting enough attention. No, it and, should. and there's an, there's an organisation called Safe for Gig for Women, who yep. I'm hoping to get on the podcast soon, um, who then talk about these kind of sexual abuse and sexual um, assaults on girls at shows. Mm. And I feel that's something that isn't really being spoken about enough. I think there's, 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 there's rightly enough that people are talking about girls who have been sexually assaulted by people on stage and yeah. people backstage. But I feel there's also a discussion needed for mm. young girls and young boys who are in front of the stage yeah. and being molested or, or, yeah. I mean, it's just walked to my like walking. Remember walking around Brixton Academy and someone grabbing my butt. It's not on. Yeah. We well, I say we all know this. Obviously, we don't know this. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's been. You know, people crowd surfing I'm sure people trying to cop a feel that way and, and it's just yeah like if I if taking my friend's daughter to a gig I would be more worried about you know yeah people yeah I almost can't can't articulate it because it's it blows my mind that people are just touching other people without permission like and do you think this is something that is more it's happening more than what people ex- like think think is happening. Yeah. So like the hashtag Me Too thing was like a thing where women were coming forward and saying yes, it was me. Do you, so do you believe that is something that if we if there was one for being at a gig, I think people people would be surprised by how many women or, or oh yeah because it's you know that guy touched my butt. That's not that's not on, but it's not. I don't want to say not uncommon, uncommon, but it's. As a woman, you just go. I don't want to say you just you just let it go, but you do. Yeah. Like I hate the fact that if my friend's daughter was going anywhere, I would teach her to put. Like if she was walking from the train station to somewhere, I would teach her to put her keys in between her fingers. Like I shouldn't. I shouldn't have to do that. Um, in Southend, they used to have glam cabs, which were women women only cab drivers. Okay. Um, you know, because I'd be getting home at one, two o'clock in the morning and getting a cab. Technically, you're still getting in a car with a stranger. I know it's a different, but there's all these things that women have to put up with and deal with every day, and then and then we normalise it. And because we normalise it, you just—I doubt I would have said to anyone, "Oh, that guy touched my butt." I wouldn't have thought anything of it. I'd just been like, "Ugh," and just carried on. So, I think it's it's good that women are coming forward, but it's it's more about unnormalizing it that's that's not a word like it, it, yeah, it shouldn't I, yeah yeah and I, I i don't think a lot of people realize that 
this sounds a bit cliched, but what women have to worry about on a daily basis. And gigs should be a safe space. They yeah. really, you know, you should be able to be young or old or whatever and have a mosh or have a drink or you have to worry about your drinks. It's just, it's all... Yeah. I mean, we've both been in a privileged position whereabouts we can sometimes go backstage and we, we mm. can experience something that a lot of people might not experience. And there's always rumours about bands and stuff that they do. But are you surprised it's taken this long for this kind of stuff to get out? And do you feel it, it partly that you have a responsibility to also speak up and, that, and there's been a time where you haven't? Surprised, yes and no. Uh, because, you know, a lot of the girls were younger and it's all the abuse of power and who's going to listen to me because so-and-so is so famous and all that. But that did make me think of when it came out about Jesse Lacey. I went, oh, yeah, we all saw his dick on the internet, like, years ago. Like, we did. What was that website? Um, up, all, up All Night? What was that website that just had naked pictures of, yeah, Up All Night or something, something like that? And, yeah, years ago, some girl was messaging like video messaging Jesse Lacey and he got his dick out and it was on the internet so with him it didn't surprise me yeah I don't know I can I can see why especially when you're that young you wouldn't want to go you just think oh well who who's going to believe me and you probably think it's not going to change anything which is which is the problem you know one girl says this happened they're still going to be in a band they're still going to carry on it doesn't and not wanting to to live through it again so I can definitely see why but it is obviously it's amazing that that women are coming forward with their stories and and then it's it's difficult to say about speaking up because like I said I don't have I'm very lucky I don't really have any stories but I have friends from you turned us all into a spectrum from 0 to 11 I know friends you know with stories all across it yeah. some of them are it's just it's it's not always your story to tell yeah definitely and I feel for anyone who has gone through that and that is speaking up but I do feel there is a responsibility of, of people like myself or, or anyone who do, does have access to the music community mm. to, to speak up. We don't cover certain bands at Punktastic. We, whenever it comes up, it's difficult with he said, she said, yes. things like that. But we have a discussion about it. We try, we're constantly working on how to handle it. Yeah. You know, it's you know reporting that this this story has come out without going into it we, you know just just being neutral about it just being like you know this has come out about Jesse Lacey that's it but now we we don't cover brand new anymore because we're not comfortable with it um, we have bands on that list uh, we don't agree with their merch like uh, Attila and some awful you know so we're just like that's not that's not in our ethos that's not within our principles at Punktastic so we're not interested in covering you and giving you uh, giving you any publicity okay let's, let's go back to more um, <laughs> joyful things at Punktastic obviously you are following an industry uh, uh, sorry a subculture that is it's it's not huge but it is it's also not tiny mm. so how do you go through deciding what you do want to put out and what you don't I mean what, what's in the bin and what's and what's not really it's mostly if you if you want to write about it and you want to cover it then go for it there's a few I know our our photographer Ollie likes to cover he wants to I think he will need to cover like a couple of uh, more mainstream bands which it's just we just think is anyone it's amazing that you want to cover it but is anyone going to want to read it yeah. so you do have to think about what people are interested in but usually it's if you if you want to write about how much you love this band or you want to do a feature and then go for it so is that your is that your role as a sub editor to go through people who are pitching things to you and you go yes no yeah I mean uh, there's not a lot of not a lot of no 
but but usually it'll be like they will come to us and go I kind of want to cover this band are they really punktastic and usually if that's the question then it's probably a a no I can't think of any can't think of any examples so if someone wants to try and write full punktastic Mm -hmm. how would they go about that What, what route should they go to right right album reviews live reviews you know send a few uh, examples and our wonderful owner James usually looks through those to see if your style fits in with us I don't want to say if you're good enough because we like to work with our writers you know if you've got potential we'd like to work with our writers give feedback and have you on the team Um, my friend Chris started writing with us last year and he's come on leaps and bounds like just going just just be up for going to a lot of shows just learn it's like anything just keep learning don't be like oh well I can take pictures now oh I can write this now yeah just always just always want well in life always want to better yourselves but you can people can send them over to me or to James and we'll get it and we we all we're always looking for photographers writers if you only want to get sent albums to review not a problem if you only want to write features or you only want to interview bands you don't have to you don't have to do anything you know you don't you don't have to do anything you don't want to do you can write one a month you can go to a show every week just if you're passionate about it and you want to cover it do it let so, somebody know that you love this band and maybe they'll love them too because there is a world of, of vloggers now mm. and people like that is that the sort of thing that you feel that punktastic needs to kind of tap into and grab those people who may do a video and say, well, why don't you put it down on words? I'd love to do my video. Yeah? Um, we've got a new a new video guy that I need to... I haven't met him yet. Um, but we'd, we'd love to do more video, especially at festivals. We used to do a lot of video at festivals. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's just finding people with time and equipment and knowledge so if you want to come and take videos for us or even if you've like I've always wanted to do this weird feature where I was going to say like eat biscuits with bands because I couldn't think of anything else but like (laughs) there's something you've wanted to do and we don't do it talk to us and pitch it and maybe not the biscuit thing I don't I feel like (laughs) I feel like no one cares about biscuits with limb biscuits yeah (laughs) biscuits that Fred Durst likes <laughs> but yeah there's we're definitely always... a joke there I was trying yeah, to think yeah, of a joke I've not got it but yeah I've we... got one go on go on he likes wagon wheels because he's like rolling 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 <laughs> done that's got to have been done before it's it? probably yeah um, I wonder I... what kind of biscuits he does like I bet he likes really boring biscuits I like the idea of him having a cup of tea and like a rich tea oh, but rich teas are ball bags because they yeah. just break up so yeah, they're quickly they're, they're not a biscuit they're just a piece of shit maybe he'd have, he'd have maybe he'd have a really over the top biscuit I like the fact he might have a like a figgy biscuit oh, yeah. like a really like thick horrible biscuit just because he hates himself so much <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> oh poor friend he's torturing himself with biscuits exactly <laughs> five years where do you hope to be because you do have other um, websites I'm guessing you'll see as your rivals so like Dying Scene um, punknews.org but um, like how how do you move in front of them and how because the industry it's not as I said before it's not a huge industry but it's not tiny so how do you find yourself in like the right stream to keep moving forward I mean I think with what we talked about about not monetizing it that does put a little bit 
of a ceiling on it. We're not gonna we're not gonna become Kerrang or Rock Sound or anything like that. But I'm hoping it's just kind of just carrying on and just making good content that people want to read. So then we get more people involved means we get to cover more things and just get the word out there more. I would like to have more more people. Yeah. Really that's always just more people that just that start start a conversation, get people just get people talking about bands and then if that gets someone to a show and keeps the scene going. You know, if nobody goes to shows anymore do you think there is an issue? Because like, I personally, I think the, the, the British punk scene is going to be dry. Mm. There's no one out there really making waves. I mean, the only band that I don't even think you would follow them, but the like, Idols mm. from Bristol yeah. are probably for me the most excited punk band at the moment. Yeah. Um, apart from the people who have been there before, so Frank Carter and Rattlesnakes. Um, to a certain extent, the Skints, I think, mm. are still a very relevant band who will get bigger and better. Yeah. But apart from that, I, I, I don't really see any bands kicking. I think the ones that come out get bigger a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, it's, it's not a secret. I'm a huge Beartooth fan. I am actually not wearing one of my 20 Beartooth T-shirts today. I nearly did as well. Um and they're they're incredible and they are just going from strength to strength but just very very quickly yeah. and you know with all the hype with Creeper obviously they've just rocketed off I the think band that, that your girlfriend loves yeah yeah um, yeah I think they they come up and everyone goes yes and then you don't always get that which is good for them but you don't always get that that small little oh this is mine yeah bit where you're like, oh, this, this is just this is just mine, and then you're like, oh, and now they're at this huge show, which is great for them. But I'd like to keep hold of them a little bit longer. Yeah. So yeah, great for bands, but yeah, I think maybe that's why it doesn't feel like Creeper are still up and coming, really. But they just they've done it. Yeah, I think there'll be very few people who last year talking about bands of 2017. I, I think there'll be very few people who say Creeper would have. Like mm. knocked out the park as, yeah. as well as they've done. So think of that, 2018. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what bands do you think are going to knock it out of the park? I've only got one, which is terrible. Um, I was sent the new Funeral Shakes album. Okay. Uh, they're a band from Watford. Uh, and then you're going to want to know what they sound like. Um, <laughs> Name a band who sound like them, yeah. Um, now I'm like, what did it say in the press release? Come on. Uh, no, they're kind of bit kind of bronxy love the bronx i kind of i said i said someone the other day like kind of 50s bronx okay there's a kind of so uh, like a computer's vibe uh, yeah a little it's uh they kind of make me think of uh like leader of the pack kind of 50s sort of music with some cracking i haven't listened to anything else since i was sent it on thursday so it's it's been on solid yeah so, so far, it's my album of the year. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they, they're, they're different and um, they've got some good good subject matter. So, you know, two days later, I already know half the words to the album. Okay, yeah. You know, I like singing in my car, so that's a good thing. But I would like to I would like to see them get somewhere. But, yeah, they're, they're yeah, a little bit different. But, yeah, 50, 50s Bronx. Do it. They are. Um, I'm going to start wrapping up mm-hmm. because I've had you now for about hour five. So what, what I like to do is just do some questions that are kind of like quick questions. Mm-hmm. And I know you've got a tattoo. I do. I don't know if you've got more. Mm-hmm. Have you got any tattoo regrets? Have I got any? Tattoo regrets. And the reason I'm, I'm not going to put you <laughs> out there because the reason I say this is because I have a tattoo mm. that is completely wrong. I, 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 I had a, um, a lyric written on my arm yeah. and it's the wrong lyric Oh, they got the last bit wrong and I didn't notice until the end and I was quite like oh well that's what it is so that's my tattoo regret like do you have any oh you're gonna make me say it and everyone I know knows what it is you got a hymn pentagram I feel like we have to go back to the Essex girl stereotype go on <sighs> 
don't know if everyone needs to know that I have a tramp stamp. Yeah. And what could make a tramp stamp even better? It's tribal, everyone. Oh, yes. <laughs> so what made you get that? I was 18 and an idiot, and I saw I saw it on the internet and went, that's the first thing I've seen that I've liked. Maybe I was drinking too much. I, it doesn't affect my daily life enough to get it removed. Although people have gone cover it up. I'm like, no, that would just make it bigger. Yeah. But no, it's... Would you get removed? Like, is that something you would think uh, about? I hear that really hurts. Yeah, I've been totally painful. I mean, if you were like, it's not going to cost you loads of money and no one would ever know it was there, then I would probably do it. But... Yeah, don't, don't. Nobody does that now. No, nobody gets tribal now, surely. That should. I'm sure there's still some don't, people. Don't still do it, kids. Think, um, think about it and don't don't look on the internet <laughs> for tattoos. Let's not leave it with that emo moment. No, that's horrible. Um, so, what's the best punk, punk story you overheard? Not that's been told to you, but you've overheard. You don't have to name people if you don't want to name them. I'm going to end this podcast and it's going to be rubbish. <laughs> I've got nothing. This That's is right. awful. I hope you've got spare questions. I don't know, is it? No, we're done. You must have one. And then um, I've I'll end up tweeting you next week. I know, like, right? I one, I uh, I didn't overhear it, but I saw it. Mm. So the best one that I know of is um, um, so leftover crack. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the lead singer's called Skizza. I think I can't remember his name. Anyway, I was at Rebellion Festival covering it for the punk show and he was meant to do an interview uh, with, I think it was XFM or something like that, but he was fucked. Like, he was <laughs> gone. I don't, know why he, I don't know if it was drink or drugs or whatever. <laughs> the funniest thing was that the guy was clearly, like, new, so he wanted the interview yeah. and he was on the floor. And he was sticking the mic, the young guy was sticking the mic in his face, asking for a question. And I was just watching it. And I felt sorry for him because, like, he clearly didn't know how to deal with the situation. But I was also thinking, where the fuck are his friends? Like, where where is his bandmate? Like, where's his manager? Like, this guy is just spazzing out on the floor. And, yeah, it just wasn't... it, it It was like a car wreck. But an enjoyable one that I didn't walk away from yeah. and just took it all in. And I could have helped, you but didn't. But yeah, that, that's my horrible one. how punk this is then. Because it's not, it's not about a band. But I am a massive nerd. And I went to uh, a couple of my friends in Germany work at horror movie conventions. Go there, hang out with D-list celebrities. It's quite <laughs> nice. Was sitting with my friends and a bunch of people having a drink. And someone came back from the bathroom and we're like, all right. He went, yeah. I just caught uh, Corey Feldman fucking his girlfriend in the bathroom. Amazing. We were like, did he stop? Nah. So that... <laughs> what a pro. Yeah. I mean, probably going to get sued for like $10 million now. But I was like, well, fair play. He didn't. So we, were in like a, we were in a hotel and it was, we were in a hotel bar and he went to the bathroom and... Apparently, Corey Feldman, not even in a cubicle. Corey Feldman does what Corey Feldman does. So he should. Exactly. He has earned earned that right, guys. He's been through a lot. I know that weird fringe thing that he has and his music and everyone laughs at him, but he was in the Goonies and the Lost Boys. He's Spectre Elders. Stand By Me as well, which is a quality. He's allowed to do that now. He's he's earned it. Anyway, thank you so much for talking to me. Pleasure. And um, I wish you all the best for whatever happens with Fantastic and moving forward. And um, yeah, I hope it all goes well for you and I hope to see you around. Lately, was it worth to go 
Right, we're done. Uh, thank you to Penny for coming into London to talk to me, and thank you to Charlotte for setting up the interview as well. I have a fucking huge hangover, so I am going to rush out of the end of this podcast. As always, follow the podcast on all social media, and please go and rate and review. I know you really don't want to, but pretty please. Uh, homework, tell two friends about the podcast and spread the word. And this is the part of the show where I hand it over to you. If you are in the band and want some airtime, then send me an MP3 to punksandpubs at gmail.com. Just like these guys from Chicago did. These guys are 15, 17 and 18. I hate young, talented people. It really pisses me off. If you do enjoy skater punk, then you're going to dig this. These guys are called Stella West and this song is called Repeat. As always, if you go to a punk show and you see someone fall down, you pick them right back up. Until next time, I promise I will be funnier and more engaged. Bye bye. Look at this world, one after another. Look at this world.